Welcome to BusinessWise. This is a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding through learning and applying the management system discovered and developed by humanitarian philosopher and administrator, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. All right, so we are on the 15th episode of BusinessWise covering this amazing, vital tool of management we call the admin scale, the full name of which is the Administrative Scale of Importances, as discovered, researched, and codified by Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. And today, we're going to do one more episode on the sixth level of the scale, which is projects. I've heard from a lot of you uh, who have been following the series that you have been creating your own admin scale for your business, for your career. And I think that's a great idea because you get an opportunity to apply what you're learning. And of course, that's the whole point. Know-how without application is obviously useless, except maybe to make you sound a little wiser. But it doesn't take long for any really intelligent person to discover that you're only an act and not the real deal. I think you want to be the real deal, so practice this stuff that you're learning. Put it into practice. Not only that, but don't rely on business-wise alone to give you the knowledge you need. Look for a center where you can study this material from the source, Mr. Hubbard's original writings and lectures. If you don't know where to find one, write me at info at wiseeastus.org. That's Info at wiseeastus.org. Now I'll find one for you. It's very unlikely that there is nowhere near you that you can study this stuff. So just write me and I'll find a place for you one way or the other. Okay? Just tell me where you're physically located and I'll get you set up. Be happy to. Because part of the purpose of BusinessWise is to help you understand that there is a technology. In other words, a precise knowledge of application which is another way of saying technology. We've covered this before. There is a technology of management. And the better you learn and apply it, the better you're going to do with your business or your career. So we want you to take that away from what you're learning in business-wise. And we also want to inspire you to seek it out so you can study it in a dedicated, disciplined manner. If I did a podcast series on judo, for instance, I, I hope you wouldn't get so cocky that you would go out and pick a fight without finding you know, a dojo or something, a place to practice it thoroughly. You're you're liable to get hurt otherwise. So learning anything takes dedication and discipline. I am very, very happy to receive wins from the listeners as they are applying what they are learning from business-wise. But please realize there's much more that can be learned And a great deal of success can be yours if you seek out Mr. Hubbard's original works on the subject and study them carefully, ideally under the supervision of those who who know how to train you on that stuff, all right? Again, if you want to help finding a location, I'm at your service. But today, we're going to try something brand new, and I would welcome your feedback on this and your comments. While it is perfectly okay for you to listen to this episode, as I'm sure many of the listeners do, while you're on your commute or working out or folding your laundry or shoveling snow or something, when you are done listening to it, I want you to listen again and do the drill that is contained here while you're sitting at home, at a table, 
or at a desk or in your office behind closed doors, I might add, as your employees watching you do this drill might wonder what the heck you're doing. But do the drill I'm going to go over with you because if you do this drill, it is going to move you miles along in executing projects and programs and achieving your goals. Believe me, it will. So do the drill, but please don't try and do it while you're driving or you might have an accident. Okay. First of all, what is a drill? Okay. Here's a definition. It's a method of learning or training in which an action is done over and over until it is smooth, competent, and professional. Want that one again? The drill. A method of learning or training in which an action is done over and over until it is smooth, competent, and professional. We did a couple of episodes on this subject of drilling. The title, I believe, was Debugging Implementation. We did two parts, part one and part two. And these are episodes 11 and 12 of volume two. If you want to do a search from uh, the BusinessWise homepage, just go to the search bar and type those titles in and it should pull them up and you can review them if you like. You probably should uh, if you haven't listened to those or if you haven't listened in a while. But the bottom line is that drilling is critical to implementation. So we have a drill in this episode that I want you to do. Now, the article I pulled this drill from is called Program Drill. That's the title. And it's dated 13 June 1972. Now, there are a few words we're going to clear up so you don't get tangled up. And here's the first one. First term is cross-order. So you have senior orders, right? Like your orders maybe go to an employee like, you know, clean up the billing. Let's get it all out the door. Something like that. And a cross-order is senior orders unattended because of different junior orders. That's from a... Article from Mr. Hubbard, 24 February, 1969. Uh, So you're sending that order out and then your office manager or something gets them onto studying a bunch of new codes or, you know, writing letters or, uh, oh, here's a good one. You handle reception because Meredith needs to uh, go on a break or something like that. So essentially a junior crosses your order with another random order. And that can cause all kinds of trouble. That's called a cross order. Then you've got backlog. And the definition of that from Mr. Hubbard, an increasing accumulation of tasks underperformed or materials not processed. That's from an article 26 January 1972. So that's a backlog. So you'd be very surprised how, well, you may not be so surprised, but backlogs accumulate in member offices like, like you wouldn't believe. You know, even things like billing. Uh, I have, uh, I work with a professional who backlogged his billing by six months. You got to hate yourself to backlog your billing for six months. I mean, and, you know, and guys wonder why they're broke. So check around for backlogs. They're more common than you think. You probably are aware of some, but you probably don't know all of them because they can get hidden pretty easily. But that's what a backlog is. Next term. Out ethics. Here's a definition. An action or situation in which an individual is involved contrary to the ideals and best interests of his group. That's out ethics. Ethics would be survival actions. Out ethics would be non-survival actions like 
goofing off when you should be working or not learning your job properly so that you do it properly and, you know, or being rude and pushing away customers or stealing from the company. That's, you know, all too common. These are out ethics, hitting on employees, employees hitting on each other. I mean, anyway, it can go on, but you get the idea. That's out ethics. Next is SP, the letters SP, which stands for suppressive person. And a suppressive person is a person who possesses a distinct set of characteristics and mental attitudes that cause him to suppress other people in his vicinity and to oppose violently any betterment activity or group. A suppressive person is destructively antisocial. Might be a horrifying datum to some of you that there are people out there like that. But if you don't believe it, open your eyes, read a few headlines, look at a few disasters, and realize that at the bottom of these things are suppressives. Their idea of survival, if you want to call it that, is the destruction of others. You know, your idea as a social personality of survival is, you know, let's all prosper together. You know, let's help the other guy and the other guy helps me and we all kind of get along. And that's pretty social. And social personalities tend to be in a non-confront of antisocial personalities or suppressive persons, but they do exist, you know. There are many graphic examples, or shall we say, not necessarily, well, graphic for sure, but uh, big examples in uh, individuals like Adolf Hitler murdering millions of people, causing, you know, destruction of countries and so on. You know, that's, that's a pretty grand or large example, but you have those little examples. And, you know, one of the things about suppressive persons is they don't usually wear a sign saying, I am a suppressive person. They will often hide their destructiveness, but they do exist. And if you've got rough things going on around you, as we kind of do today in society, understand that there's suppressive persons at the bottom of that. Okay. He says, uh, crime and criminal acts are perpetrated by suppressive persons. Inmates of institutions commonly trace their state back to contact with such personalities. So this introduces the next term, which is PTS, which stands for Potential Trouble Source, that's defined as someone who is connected with a suppressive person who is invalidating him, his beingness, his efforts to improve himself, his life. This connection results in illness and roller coaster and is the cause of illness and roller coaster. So if you see someone who's up, up, up some days and down, down, down other days, That person is connected to a suppressive person who is invalidating them, their beingness, uh, their efforts to get ahead, their lives, and um, they tend to roller coaster. They tend to be ill a lot. You know, you see someone who's sort of weak and um, ill and not getting very far and roller coastering like that, realize that they are in all likelihood connected to a suppressive person. And that's a PTS or potential trouble source. Finally, uh, we're going to introduce a new type of target. Now, for any of you, this is, if this is your first episode, we did a whole episode on targets called What You Need to Know About Targets. And that's a little earlier in the series. That's episode 50 of volume three. So you might want to listen to that one uh, when you get done with this one. But essentially, 
A target is an individual step of a project or program which is assigned to someone to do or to get done. Targets must be terminable, which means doable, finishable, completable. These are targets. So a project or a program, which is what we're studying right now, those are made up of targets. So in that episode, we mentioned there were several target types. And then we mentioned that there were some we were not going into in that episode. This is one of those. This is something called a vital target, which is defined as a target which covers something that must be done to operate at all. A target which addresses the overcoming of the vital points which might stop or threaten future successes. So vital targets are essential to the success of the program. They're usually written after the primary targets are written. The primary targets are your establishment or organizational targets. Then you have these vital targets like don't quit at the first sign of trouble. That could be a vital target. Like if you're going to quit, you're not going to get the program done. So these are targets that must be in and in maintain throughout the program or you're going to fail. For instance, it might be a vital target to stay in coordination and liaison with others working on the program. You know, if you just go off and do your targets without paying any attention to what other people are doing, you could foul up the whole program. So these are vital targets. And there's usually, you know, a few of those at the beginning of a program to remind you uh, of these vital elements that you cannot drop out. Otherwise, you're, you're never going to get the program done. All right. So those are vital targets. Okay. That's a lot of definitions, but it is very, very important that you understand these next few paragraphs before I put you on the drill, because they expose a frailty that many of us have, and many of your employees may have, and you must, must, must be aware of this frailty, because it will defeat your efforts to use programs and projects to achieve the execution of your planning, the implementation of your policies, towards achieving your purposes and your goals. All right? Yes, it's that important. It has everything to do with your success using the admin scale. This drill I'm about to go over with you is that critical because that frailty must be overcome. Uh, Knowing how to overcome it, which you're going to learn in this episode, is critical to the success of your use of the admin scale. That's why we're covering it. So again, the date is 13 June 1972, and the article is entitled Program Drill. And here, Mr. Hubbard starts with this statement. A majority of people cannot follow a written program, yet all legal projects are in program form. These are Mr. Hubbard's words. He then says, the reasons are various, but when programs are not understood, they can be cross-ordered, abandoned, left half done, and the next thing you know, you have a backlog. There can be, and usually are, other situations that prevent the doing of a program. And then he lists them out for you. Out ethics. There's your first one, out ethics. Obviously, people can just be slack. They cannot bother to read the program or project. They cannot bother to learn their duties. They can be there just, you know, covering up the fact that they're not working. 
That is out ethics. Examples of out ethics. Here's the next one. PTS or SP. Clearly, if you have an SP in your organization, you're going to have issues. Okay. There's going to be other things going on there that you just, well, your program is just not going to get done because your program survival and the SP is going to see that it doesn't get done. And then you've got the individuals around them that are PTS and they're not going to get it done either because they're going to start dramatizing what the uh, SP is enacting in the way of destruction because they're affected those SPs. So now that the SP may not be in your company, but you could have the PTS as the people that are affected the SP in your company. So you got to be alert for that because that's going to cut across your projects and your programs. All right. Uh, then he goes on to the next thing. He says, lack of understanding of a product or exchange. This is something that you need to clear up with every employee. They got to understand that what they are doing is creating products that can be exchanged with each other or with the public. And we've done uh, episodes on this. It's a fundamental if guys think that they're in there just earning a paycheck uh, and they don't make the connection between what they're doing and products that lead to the valuable final products that the organization is delivering, then you got a problem and they are not going to do these projects or programs properly. No way. So you got to make sure that's clear and you should run a campaign on that. Then he says, the next item, he says an unmanned or undermanned area and then, so of course, that can be a, a problem too. You're, you're trying to give a project or a program to an area that it's got no personnel in it, or there's a person in there who's already doing 16 other things, and now you're giving them a project to do, and it's undermanned. So you can debug that by manning it up properly. So he then says, are the commonest reasons? So these reasons I just went over with you. Let's just review them. Out ethics, PTS or SP, lack of understanding of a product or exchange, an unmanned or undermanned area are the commonest reasons. There you go, a short little list of that. And then he goes on to say this, but when all these have been handled, there can be two other reasons. The written project itself is bugged, so it can't be done. Needs special equipment or finance or is outpointing or doesn't apply. There's something wrong with a project. That could be a problem. Project could be poorly written. It could be requiring resources that don't exist. There's something out with it that's called an out point. It's, there's some departure that makes it basically impossible to do. Then he gives you the next reason. Or, and then he puts this all in capital letters, the persons concerned just can't do a project. All capital letters. The persons concerned just can't do a project. Listen to this. He then says, the former of these reasons is seized upon all too often to excuse the latter and then he puts in capital letters again, which usually is the case. So, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, this, is, this project's impossible. This program's impossible. No. More commonly, after you've handled these earlier points, the person's concerned just can't do a project. And then he elaborates a bit on this. He says, they can't execute a project and prefer cross-orders because the orderliness of a project or what it is is not understood. I want to repeat that. The orderliness of a project or what it is, is not understood. There's your more common reason. So then he goes on to say, therefore, to handle this, we have the following project drills. A person is just to do these, honestly, each one from targets one on. 
Now, we're only going to cover the first project, which is Dummy Project 1, okay? So we are now going to do the program drill executing Dummy Project 1. It's called a dummy project because it's not a real project. It's not something that's really tied into your business. It's a dummy project. We're doing a drill, okay? Dummy Project 1. Purpose. Here's the purpose of the project. Purpose. To learn to do a project. Major target. To get it done. That's the major target. Okay, so I'm, I'm going through this now with you. I'm not expecting you to do this right now unless you've re-listened to this episode and you're coming up to this point, at which point you're going to do each of these targets. You'll pause the podcast and do the target and then resume the podcast. You following me? Never tried this before. We're going to do it today. You got to give me your feedback on this because if it's helpful to you and you want more of this, we can do more of this. But right now, we're going to execute dummy project one. Purpose, to learn to do a project. Major target, to get it done. Primary targets, these are your organizational targets. Primary targets, one, read this article down to dummy project one. Okay, you don't have the article there. So your first target is going to be modified now to listen, re-listen to this podcast down to where I say dummy project one. So here's your first primary target. Read this article down to dummy project one. Two, check off each one when done. That's primary target two. When you do a target, check it off. So you should be writing these targets down. All right. Vital targets. One. Be honest about doing this. You see how a vital target works? Bear in mind this vital target all the way through this project, because if you're dishonest about doing this, you're not going to get the benefit of doing this, okay? So vital target one, be honest about doing this. Vital target two, do all of it. Do all of it. We now come to the operating targets. If you remember, are the targets, operating targets are the targets you execute to move forward and advance the purpose of the project or program. So here we go. Operating targets. One, take off your right shoe. Look at the sole. Note what's on it. Put it back on. Operating target one. Take off your right shoe. Look at the sole. Note what's on it. Put it back on. Operating target two. Go get a drink of water. Operating target two. Remember you're pausing and doing each of these and then resuming the podcast, right? Two, go get a drink of water. Operating target three. Take a sheet of paper. Draw three concentric circles on it. Turn it over face down. Write your name on the back. Tear it up and put the scraps in a book. Operating target three, take a sheet of paper, draw three concentric circles on it, turn it over, face down, write your name on the back, tear it up, and put the scraps in a book. Operating target four, take off your left shoe, look at the sole, note what is on it, put it back on. Operating target five, Go find someone and say hello. Return and write a dispatch to your post from yourself 
as to how they received it. The dispatch would be a written communication on a piece of paper. You normally send it to somebody else. You send it to an employee. You send it to a, an associate uh, in the business or what have you. But this one, you're going to write it to yourself. So I repeat, target five, go find someone and say hello. Return and write a dispatch to your post from yourself as to how they received it. All right, simple enough. Operating target six, write a dispatch from your post to yourself in proper dispatch form. Now, this is a little tricky because you probably don't know proper dispatch form because we haven't really taught it to you yet. But I'm just going to say that the most common error that members make in writing a dispatch is they address the dispatch to a person by name rather than to their position or post. In other words, to their hat. So when you write a dispatch, you're supposed to address it in the top left-hand corner with the post title that you are sending that to. So you're sending it to the uh, disbursements officer or to the collections officer or to the salesperson Joe or salesperson JP. You know, if you've got a number of salespeople, you usually follow the post title with some initials, right? So you can distinguish them. So you put the post title there. You put your post title right below it. CEO or executive director, whatever it is, put the date over to the right. You put a subject line regarding blah, read, dot, dot, you know, put a colon there and your subject and then an, a form of endearment, dear Joe, whatever it is, and then the content and then you sign it. That's your proper dispatch form in a nutshell. So he says here, target six, write a dispatch from your post to yourself in proper dispatch form, correcting how you wrote the dispatch in five above. File it in your hat. Okay, so now you're going to do a beautiful job of writing this dispatch, and you're going to file that in your hat folder. You should have a folder in your drawer with a description of the duties of your post. That's called your hat. So now that you've written that dispatch, the second version of the one you wrote in five, you're going to file it in your hat. All right. Operating target seven. Take off both shoes and bang the heels together three times and put them back on. Operating target eight, write a list of projects in your life you have left incomplete or not done. I'm going to repeat that one. Eight, write a list of projects in your life you have left incomplete or not done. This one might take a little more time. Target nine, write why this was. See, you think you're just banging your shoes together and looking at the soles. No, you're learning here. Do the program. Do this drill. Trust Mr. Hubbard on this. Do this drill. Okay? So let's review. Target eight, write a list of projects in your life you have left incomplete or not done. Target nine, write why this was. Target 10, check this project carefully to make sure you have honestly done it all. 11, list your cognitions, if any. While doing this project, what's a cognition? It's a realization about life. If you had any of those while doing this, list them out. Target 11, list your cognitions, if any, while doing this project. 12, decide whether you have honestly done this project. And then the last target, 13, hand all written papers, including the scraps in the book, over to your, and he describes an establishment officer or your senior, you may be 
you're probably the senior of your own business, so I guess you're going to hand this in to yourself, right? Hand all written papers, including the scraps in the book. I got a gag for you. You can mail them to me, 349 West 48th Street, New York, New York, 10036. That would be a riot. Just put it in the post and mail it to me if you have no one else to give it to. Uh, care of Wise East US. You can address it to Executive Director. You don't need to know my name. That's my post. Executive Director, Wise East US, care of 349 West 48th Street, New York, New York, 10036. So there you go. That's number 13. Hand all written papers, including the scraps in the book, over to your establishment officer or senior with a proper dispatch on top. Dummy project number one completion. End of project. Congratulations. You just probably had all kinds of desires and efforts not to do the project honestly, not to do every target. But if you got this far, you really complied to this drill, this is going to move you along in target execution, project execution, program execution, put you into that frame of mind, into that frame of reference. As we went over earlier, as Mr. Hubbard describes it, the target technology is actually a philosophic system. It's a way to live your life. You know, you say, oh, wow, this sounds too orderly. This sounds too disciplined. This sounds too this or too that. Yeah, take a look at how you're doing on achieving your goals and purposes. Right? Maybe you should pay a little attention to these things. So that's dummy project one. We're not going to do dummy project two. We're running out of time. But if you have uh, any of Mr. Hubbard's writings, particularly the big green books where most of this material is from, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, I gave you the date earlier. I'll give it to you again. You can do the second drill if you want to. 13 June 1972 program drill. Do the second project. But if you pull off this first project and you uh, either turn those uh, compliances into your your boss, your senior, or your establishment officer, or your wife, or your husband, or if you can't think of anybody else, you're welcome to mail them to me. I gave you the address. Uh, it would actually be a riot to see how many we get. But anyway, that's it for uh, today's episode. That's also it for projects, this level of the admin scale. We're going to go on to the next level, which, of course, are orders. That's the next level of scale. We're coming down the stretch. Thank you for bearing with us as we go through this uh, series of episodes on the admin scale. Thank you very much for listening, and we will talk again next week.